You have reached the voicemail box of the Rena Hundred Show. Please wait for the message after the tone. Today our topic is the social unsociable. Nope. That was wrong. Take it back. Today our topic is alone together, the social unsociability of us. But first, a message from our sponsors. Hi, it's me again, asking you to follow us on Instagram and uh, please sign up for our Patreon. The link to the Patreon is in the bio of the Instagram and it's at Rena Hundred Show. Uh, at the Rena Hundred Show. I'm doing very badly already at the beginning of all of this. Uh, at the Rena Hundred Show on Instagram. Link to the Patreon in the bio. Contribute if you can or don't and just listen. All right, here's the ramble of today. Uh, it's about the tension between being alone and being with other people. What do we like better? What do we not? Uh, what can we handle? I'll start with a quote from, I think it's Immanuel Kant. Uh, well, I'm reading this off the internet. In Immanuel Kant's renowned definition on social sociability, is the human propensity to enter into society bound together with a mutual opposition which constantly threatens to break up society. This antagonism, as Kant calls it, in... I love how we all try so hard not to call him Kant. <laughs> Anyways. This, um, but the one, the person we actually want to call Kant is uh, Nietzsche, right? Uh, a little philosophy major joke. I was not a philosophy major. Okay. This antagonism, as Kant calls it in the fourth thesis of his idea for a universal history for a cosmopolitan viewpoint, is nature's means to realize all human capacities over the long course of history. Yet renowned as Kant's definition has become, it was written at the end of a vigorous cross-European debate that had been conceptualized in different ways, blah, blah, blah. But basically, it was the first part of the quote I want to talk about, which is us being bound together with a mutual opposition which constantly threatens to break up society. That just sounds quintessentially currently American to me, that we're all kind of bound together in this addiction to um, arguing. <laughs> I mean, we need each side needs each other to argue. I don't know. I've just been thinking about it because, you know, controversy is what bumps up the algorithm. So everybody's aiming for more and more controversy. And it feels almost like it's heightening to a level of pitch that we've never even seen before. I mean, I'm sure you've all felt that. How much of it is bots is yet to be seen. How much of us are going to be replaced by bots is also yet to be seen. Given the rise of the AI chat bot. It's true. Now that I think about it, like... The rise in robotics and computers, I mean, this is not an original thought at all, but the rise in computers and robotics has put a wedge between us, a wedge in the connection that human beings have with each other. Um, so alone versus together. I mean, personally, I like to err on the side of alone um, because at least if I'm only relying on
on myself if I do something wrong. I find it much easier to be angry with myself than to be angry with someone else or hurt by, etc. Because it's self-contained and it's just me. I mean, hence this podcast. I mean, the whole point of me making this podcast is because I just am so sick of being interrupted all the time. And apparently I talk so much that I... You can't really do a podcast with me without me feeling like I'm being interrupted. So I was like, screw it. Why wait to talk? <laughs> and also, I don't know. I mean, no, that's the main thing. Also, I didn't rely, want to rely on other people showing up. And I knew I could always rely on myself showing up. And I didn't feel like wrangling, hurting the cats. I mean, I've also erred on the side of solitude in my work. I mean... Uh, being a stand-up comedian is kind of the ultimate fuck you to being together with other people in a way in terms of working together because the wonderful thing about being a stand-up comedian is that all you need is a light a mic and your own brain I mean you need the audience but they're just there kind of to, to witness but the beauty of it is that you don't have to take any notes from anybody you don't have to deal with anybody else's personality or opinion when it comes to your work you can just have your own thing that nobody's allowed to interfere with except for drunk audience members technically they're not allowed to interfere with it but they do love to do that um i mean i think a lot of us met the tension between being social and being not uh when we were in lockdown of course not everyone in in the country was completely in lockdown but uh, all of us I think for some period of time were staying home more at least I mean here in LA it was definitely lockdown felt like a lockdown for a long time and I think it made us all really witness what we gain from being social and what maybe we were putting energy into that we don't need anymore from being social like, I think a lot of the superficial connections were lost and maybe replaced with going down rabbit holes online. Useless, frustrating rabbit holes of people getting things so wrong. And maybe that contributes to it, too, that it's like when people are all together as a larger group, there's sort of a consensus of what truth is, whether or not it's flawed. But this kind of uh, postmodern crack in um, the way people come together has allowed them to section off. This is also not an original thought. But hey, have I ever had an original thought? Original? Never? I don't. Maybe not. Maybe never. Um, but yeah, it siphoned people off into these little groups. Um, and then the consensus of what truth and reality are becomes completely just broken to the point where you're arguing with someone online who's literally just it's like you're living in you're living in like a Tom Hanks biography and they're living in an Orson Welles novel and you're just not in the same tone you know it's not the same dialogue going on uh there's not the same overall overarching plot happening in the world in your truth of your world so 
Yeah, I think about that a lot, like people's internal narratives and how they come up against each other and clash. Um, but that is something that's like the unending droning of what everyone does agree on. Like, let's say fat phobia, like there's just a general consensus in our society that that fat phobia is the way. I mean, we're working against it, you know, slowly but surely, but it's been tough. Um, the, or just generally the consensus that this. Oh, God. I mean, this. Yeah. See, the problem is, like, I trust science and I trust doctors, but also I must look into the past and see that most of human existence, that practice has been deeply flawed. Maybe not. Not most of human existence. That was too overarching a statement. But, like, you know, ever since modern medicine is the advent of modern medicine and science, there have been things they've gotten extremely wrong, (laughs) like race theory that we just kind of don't talk about how that was like people like in the scientific community kind of agreed that that was a real thing. Um, you know, so I understand people's uh, hesitance to trust. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely in its early barbaric forms and we don't want to um, really understand that because well, we're going to we're going to die before its infancy is over, really. Oh boy, already to death, Rena. Okay, straight, just going straight there. What else did I write in my notes for today? Small versus large. Oh yeah, I've also thought a lot about how human beings, like, okay, when you do improv, the kind of the perfect number for an improv team that can think together and create a show is eight. Like eight is the perfect number. You can go lower than eight. But once you go higher than eight, the thinking sort of breaks down and you can't have as much strong, complicated thought going on. And then I think, I mean, it's my estimation that the the more and more people you add to a group, kind of the lower the intellectual bar has to go for everybody to really understand what's going on and agree to it and support it and play with that idea. Hence, like, memes. Very simple. Um, And that is just so unfortunate (laughs) that we can't sustain complicated thought at a large group level. I mean, it really seems like a major um, obstacle uh, to bringing about change in a society because you have to sell it in this sort of dumbed-down way when you have to sell complicated solutions to complicated problems in a dumbed down way for society to support them in a dumbed down and potentially not really reflective of what's going on way you know I mean I guess I don't know I'd love to know more about the intricacies of advertising and and how dumbing down makes people love things I mean I think it's like the emotional maybe it has to do with the emotional connection how our emotions and our logic are kind of just completely separate when it comes to interpretations of what's going on. What else did I write in my notes? Whatever you get used to is what you're addicted to. I mean, yes, I was thinking about that in terms of being more more often alone or more often with other people. Because right now, I love being alone. I spend a lot of time alone. And it's great because I can keep my equilibrium. Um 
and then I thought about these societies, you know, like Hasidic Jewish societies where they're all just completely interconnected and sort of living right on top of each other. And everybody's, it's like this huge family of hundreds of people. And, and I was like, I don't, oh God, that sounds like hell. But then again, if I was used to it, I would probably hate to get off it. I'd be so used to having that interconnected familial feeling all around me, the familiarity of that. Then again, I think, I mean, it just so often breeds contempt, as someone said. I don't know who. And it also makes me think of my work of, like, feeling alone in your thoughts, you know? Like, how original are your thoughts? I guess I touched on this a bit earlier, but there's someone, some comedian in an interview, it might have been Steve Martin, and it also might not have been Steve Martin. (laughs) But I saw someone say that basically the more specific you get with the stories you're telling and the stuff that you're imparting, the larger the audience is that will be able to relate to it. And it's some kind of paradoxical thing. But that has not been my experience. Um, I some Or maybe it's just that I won't allow myself to go there. Maybe I discredit my audience too fast. But I always get scared that my experience in terms of my upbringing and who I am and blah, 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 that like it's going to be too specific and I'm going to have to, for people to really understand the story, I'm going to have to give out pamphlets about what being Jewish is like, what living in Montreal is like versus Quebec versus the rest of Canada versus, 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 Um, you know, what being the third generation of immigrants is like. Like, it's just so many particularities that aren't the general experience. And even if they read a pamphlet, would they really understand? But then again, I'm human. So mustn't they have had similar feelings, whether or not they have that specific lived experience? Probably. And I should probably trust. That's what I don't understand. Are we more similar than we think or are we more different than we think? And why is it both? You know, I don't know. Um, That feels like the end, although I think I'm ending it sooner than usual. But I think that's, oh, the only other thing, right, sorry, that was a false ending, was this creepy idea, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't even say it on here, but it has to do with like the distance between me and you, right? Like we can feel connected and I can feel connected to some never ending source, you know, if I like hook into that or whatever. Or I can hook in, ooh, I got an email from ZipRecruiter. Um, <laughs> or I can hook in and feel so connected to you in a conversation to the point where I don't even remember the particulars of that conversation. I just remember kind of the tune of how lovely it was with the two of us being in sync. But then again, I, for the time being at least, am trapped inside of my body. I can't go outside of my body. Not really. Or can I? don't think about it too hard. I mean, it's really trippy when I think about it now that I'm talking at one point and you're going to hear me at another. And you're going to hear me, I'm talking from inside my body. It's going to go out of my body onto this machine. Then it's going to go up into space. And I don't understand how the internet works. Uh, But there's some sort of magical sauce 
that will spread it all over the streaming podcast services. And then it'll go through some kind of sound wave um, exchange in a robot out into headphones or speakers and back. And then you will receive it into your body. What a weird thing. Um, And that's how we're connected right now. Alone together. Oh, oh, oh.